Cardinals Corner from Arizona Sports with Tyler Drake and Eric Ruby. Hello and welcome back into another edition of Cardinals Corner. On a bye week, Tyler Drake and I, Eric Ruby, are usually here after every Cardinals game on Arizona Sports, but... Since it's a buy, we decided to do something special. And that something special just happens to be our main man, Cito, rookie Lasita Smith, offensive lineman. Been thrown in the fire this year on the field, and now he's thrown in the fire off the field. Lasita, <laughs> how you doing, man? I'm doing great. I'm doing great. First and foremost, I want to say thank you guys very much for having me up here. It is truly an honor. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm blessed. I'm just happy to be here. Yeah, man. We were like Tyler and I have been talking about this for for a while now since we even just thought this could be in the works. Yeah. And right. watching you this entire season and your story, and obviously, you know, you've been on hard knocks, you've been playing, you've been thrown in the fire. It's just like. Man, I'm so excited to pick your brain, but we've got to start with hard-hitting questions. Yeah. And that is, did you get tickets to Taylor Swift's Eras <laughs> Tour? That's a big one. Not yet. Not, Not yet, yet. But I'm, we're working on it. I am working on it. My girlfriend <laughs> wants them really bad. She wants a ticket, and I'm working on it. I need to try to really get good, uh, get in good with Mr. Bidwell, with Mr. Mike Bidwell. Um, I don't know. Maybe I'll bring him an apple or something like that for lunch. Like, 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 like you go to the teacher's desk? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah I'll try to bomb lunch or something like you that. knock on the door and yeah. they're grading papers. They lift their glasses up and look at you, huh? I only have to do it after a big time win and after I played a really good there game. There you go. Hey, you know, yeah. it should have been after you faced off against Aaron, Aaron Donald. Donald. Yes. Because, <laughs> that would have been honestly, a good time. no better place to start. There's a lot of stuff we want to talk about. Right. Look. Man, everybody asks you about it. Oh, my God. You faced off against Aaron Donald. What was it like? But was, was there some fear in there? Was there a little nerves going into that game? Yes, it was. Um, obviously, like I said, I, 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 pre- I prepared to the best of my ability throughout the week, watched a lot of film, the whole nine. Um, so I knew I was ready to go, but it doesn't take away the fact that he is who he is. He's mm-hmm. a dog. He is like he's a, he he is who everyone says he is. It's not like I got out there and I'm like, "Ah, he's not that good. Everybody's <laughs> just talking. He's that good. He is strong, fast, and that's the thing cuz he's not the biggest guy, but he is really strong and really quick off the ball." Yeah. So, definitely, man. Uh yeah. speaking of nerves, not only that, man, you were on Hard Knocks episode 2. You yeah. got a got a good chunk of time there, man. How I just how was that? I mean, included in, you know, the normal prep and everything else, just having that extra added, you know, I guess a little bit of pressure has to be as right. national TV. You know, honestly, um it wasn't even it, it wasn't that bad for me. It was actually okay. really really cool for me. Um I feel like there wasn't too many nerves and I say that because I'm fine when I can you know, pretty much free talk freely. Okay. Um and and so to speak like that. Yeah. So I mean they put the camera in front of me, they just want to hear me talk and have conversations and do what I do and I was myself on camera. So um there was no pressure to be myself, so to speak. Okay. So um there weren't uh, too many nerves. It was really cool though. It was really, really cool. You have had quite like a chaotic rookie season coming in here. Usually people say, Oh, it's great for people to, you know, grow if you just have this nice stable, you know, situation. And a lot of that is out of your control. Injuries, moves around the coaching staff, all of that. But my theory for athletes are the great ones can like thrive in chaos because right. you still know how to better yourself. Exactly. Is that something you see with a lot of people in the Cardinals? Yes, yes. Um, I think through everything that's happened from the beginning of shoot OTAs or even mm-hmm. training camp, 
um, it's showing that everybody that's on this team can battle through adversity because we've been through some stuff. But you have yet to see anybody just lay down and throw in the towel or anything like that. Um, and that's from veterans. Uh, guys has been in the league a few years and even down to us rookies. I mean, mm-hmm. we go to work every day. Um, I had a conversation with somebody yesterday like, man, too bad the season ain't going how y'all would like and it's towards the end. I'm like, yeah, but we're just going to keep fighting because – there, there is no laying down is not an option. Yes, the season is not going how we like. Yes, people are saying different things, and ah, uh, man, you guys are losing, and this and that, and the third. But we're not gonna, we're not gonna stop fighting. Is what I'm saying. How much of that do you hear, uh, or do you just assume because you guys know, like four and eight is not the goal coming into the season? You know, right? Yeah. I mean. I hear some of it. I'm a, I hear sometimes in public when people, you know, kind of some. Every once in a while, I have people know who I am in yeah, public. Yeah, yeah, And then, of course, they say things like, man, you know, rough season or things like that. But, I mean, I don't know. You want to get your feelings hurt? Go to Twitter. So I try to stay <laughs> off of Twitter. I try to stay off of Twitter. And I do not look up my name on Twitter. Yeah. I, that's a no. I'm no not halftime doing that. motivation? No. It, oh, my God. You see, like, the story of Steph Curry, but, but, like, he'll go in and say, like, look at Twitter at halftime to yeah. be like, hey, you ain't you ain't hit a three yet. Or, man, you suck. He'll go that's off and hit No, no Lacita Smith halftime Nah, that won't. Nah, they'll they'll mess around and get in my head. I'm good. I'm good. I'm still trying to build my confidence. Yeah, I'm good. Uh, you know, speaking of the the O line changes, I uh, just wanted to get your take on uh, how Hayden's doing and and Nat can taking a bigger role and just everybody kind of coming together with uh, just everything that's going on there. Honestly, um, both coaches are taking on a bigger role. Um, we appreciate Coach Natkin for stepping up, and I mean he's always been there. You know, the whole t- since I've been drafted to the Cardinals, he's always been there for me and all those guys, all of the all of us guys in the room. Even when even when Coach Kugler wasn't around, you could hit up Coach Natkin. He shoot it to you straight, give yeah. you whatever answers you need, and the whole nine. So we appreciate him a whole lot. We definitely appreciate Coach Hyden because um, it's not easy to just okay, you're a tight ends coach and. You know, you're told, okay, boom, you're not with the Titans no more. You're now coaching offensive line, just like that in the flip of a switch. So he's doing a great job. Um, we definitely appreciate him. And like I said, both of them, Coach uh, Nacken and Hyden. So we appreciate how, them both. How much are you working with uh, Spencer Whipple, too? Because he's taking a bigger role at the running backs room now, too, I've heard. Right. Um, not too much. We chat every once in a while. Okay. Um, but he more so... Is is more he more so talks to the older guys as far as scheme like okay. different things he want to see or uh, he talks to Kelvin Beecham okay. hey would you want the backs to hit it here or here or you know we're hacking on the backside should they try to hit it front side or backside different things okay. like that so um, we talk every once in a while but when he really when he was really talking about he usually talks to the older guys okay would you say Beach has been your biggest mentor since you've came into the door of the Cardinals. Yes, I would. Yeah. And and the only reason I um, hesitate when I say that, because there are so many guys I could look at um, as far as a mentor on that offensive line. Like that is such a I feel like I couldn't have ended up in a better spot because it, it is a vet studded room. You got guys like Rodney Husson, Kelvin Beecham, even Will, Will Hernandez, who hasn't been in the league as long as those guys. Mm-hmm. But he knows his stuff and he, he definitely looks out for his younger guys. Um you know, so those guys look out in a major way. Um, I would say Beach, uh, even though I mean he's 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 almost, and I don't mean to sound weird when I say this, he's almost like a father figure, right? Mm-hmm. Because he's the type of guy where, um, you know, I do some good in the field, and he looks at me, he's like, "Hey, 
Good job. Gives me like a tap on the hip. But if I mess up, it's like he's on my butt. So it's like you almost don't want to upset him. You don't want to disappoint him in a way. You know, so uh, or that's how I feel. Yeah. Um. So I try to make sure I get my job done. And, yeah, my locker's right next to mine. So and if it calls you Leroy. Exactly. So if I mess up in practice, I'm going to hear about it because I have to come. And my locker's right next to his. Does he so. have different names for you depending on, like, you know, if you had a good practice or not? Like, if you had a really bad practice per se which let's not say happens often right. but will he come up to you and be like Lacita Smith like full name like a parent but if it's if it's AC no you're like okay I got a good practice today you know I got what? a good practice no it's always Leroy <laughs> happy mad sad the whole night it's always Leroy and then if he's really mad he tries to keep he'll he'll like he probably won't talk to me for a second. For a second, and I'm like, you know what? I understand. I'm gonna keep my distance before before he goes <laughs> off. I'm gonna just keep my distance. But no, it's always Leroy. Is he the only one who calls you Leroy, or is it spread? Yeah, no, it's only him because he's really? he, yeah it because he has like all no he has like a old school like vet mindset. Yeah, you know, I was told by Coach Kugler that when Beecham first came into the league, he had some guys in the room that would really like. Get on to him as a rookie. Like the rookie duties back back in the day, I heard were Carrying rough. Carrying bags. <laughs> I heard it was really rough. Buying donuts. Yeah. yeah. So, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. So, yeah, I heard they were on him, and he kind of has that same mindset. So, yeah, once he heard my middle name is Leroy, that's all he calls me. <laughs> uh, just, uh, yeah, moving from the line to the uh, signal caller, man. Just wanted to get your impressions on Kyler so far and just right. working with him and, and seeing uh, just the ins and outs of how he does his thing. Man, um... Kyle is another guy um, that I look up to in a way because he's a guy. I'm gonna just say I'm I'm, I'm gonna just say it. Uh, I feel like a lot of people look at him as this selfish guy and a guy that only cares about himself. But being on the inside, you know, not on the outside looking at being on the inside, I see that he cares about guys. I can speak personally and say that if um if it's pre practice and I'm snapping some balls and I'm snapping to him, he'll tell me, hey, you know, it's a little left or a little right or snap it harder, like get it back there. It's all good. Just get it to me. Or if I'm doing something, he's like, hey, just go out there and you know, you'll see it on episode two of Hard Knocks, yeah. like. He's telling me, don't think, just go out there and play ball. So um, he may not, he may, to, to some people, he may not have the best character. Or they may not know him like some of us do on the inside, but he's a good dude. And he definitely looks out for his guys. Obviously, the the big story recently has been with Patrick Peterson, former right. teammates of Kyler. He's been out there. He said some stuff on his podcast. Kyler right. Murray only cares about Kyler Murray. K1 responded to him, said, right. hit my phone. You're not being this big, big bro that you say you the are. Mentor, and, yeah. Yeah. and now there's like, it's kind of trickling off. There's some back and forth. Pat P kind of pulled it back, but then he didn't. Pile but more on it's it. not just him. It's been a really long narrative on Kyler, but I think it's fair to say if Kyler didn't care, then he wouldn't be so passionate, screaming, yelling, you know, getting faced. But then also, I'm sure you see a different side of him that's like, hey, man, like we really got to get this together. Right. Um, I mean, my take on it is, like you said, I mean, if the guy really did not care, I mean, he wouldn't be spending all, he wouldn't be spending majority of his days in the building, mm-hmm. putting in extra work, watching film with Colt McCoy, the whole nine, and, and correcting guys like me, or even getting into it. Like, you know, I think a lot of people took that clip of him and D Hop going at yeah. it and took it the wrong way. But if he didn't care, he wouldn't have even said it. He'd be like, ah, right, whatever. Mm-hmm. Whatever, I'll get you the ball when I get it to you. Mm-hmm. But that's not the case. You know, he, he, Guys go like go they're they're both going back and forth like that because they're very passionate about this game that they love, that they've yeah. been playing for some time now. If a guy didn't care, he would just sit back on the bench. I mean, the guy 
he just signed that contract extension. He is paid. He has the money. Mm-hmm. If that's what people want to think it's about, he has the money. So why would he still be in here, spend the majority of his days, like I said, doing extra film and putting in the extra work and going back and forth uh, with guys on the field about, hey, man, I'm trying to do my job, but you got to understand I'm going to get it to you when I can. Yeah. The whole nine. So people got to think about it like that. You got the money. He could very easily sit back and kick his feet up. Yeah. But that's not the case. Mm-hmm. So there's passion there. Yeah. Off the field, a lot of people talk about Kyler Murray in different ways. Obviously, right. you are as close as anybody, but that means you're also as close for the on the field. Right. And I got to ask, I mean, the man can move. The man makes some plays where you're just <laughs> yeah. like, how on earth did that happen? Right. What was that first time that you saw Kyler Murray, whether you were blocking for him or you're on the side in practice, and you're just like, whoa. The first time, yeah, I like that. <laughs> 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 The first time I actually seen it happen, like full speed, um, was when we actually played the Ra- uh Yeah, we played the Raiders. Yeah. And um, it was at the end of the game when he scrambled around and ran for that touchdown. Like like you said, the guy can't move. Um, you know, he's, of course, he, you know, he, he go, he does his three step drop and he's looking down the field. If nothing's there, he definitely can get the first and more with his legs. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, the first time I probably seen it was, uh, when we played the Raiders and he like scrambled around and actually like ran in for the touchdown. That was crazy. <laughs> yeah. That, that's gotta be, that's gotta be mine. I mean, that, that's the, his <laughs> I mean, that's his wildest one this year. That, right. Yeah. His cleats are in the Hall of Fame because it was the two point conversion. There was a there, couple of things I think the that longest, went to the Hall of Fame. It was like the longest two point conversion version in NFL history when he ran around like for mm-hmm. 20 seconds yeah <laughs> yeah that's crazy and then of course the play later with Isaiah Simmons yes. Byron Murphy taking it all the way back I mean there's been some high points of this season so far look mm-hmm. honestly everybody in that locker room would say the season has not gone the way that you would want it to go exactly. but you also said nobody's given up exactly I know that's the message going into the bye week but right. how do you execute after that man is and I don't mean to sound so cliche when I say this, but it's going to take a lot of hard work. It really is. Like, it's one thing to talk about it, but you have to be about it. And from what I see, I know I'm just a young rookie, but from what I see, there's a lot of guys that's about it in that locker room. You look down the roster, we have a lot of hard-nosed, tough guys that's willing to do whatever it takes. I can name a handful right now. Like, there's guys that are willing to lay it on the line, of course, myself included. So with that being said, I mean, you know, Cliff tells us all the time, like, man, you guys are playing very hard. That's 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 not the question. We just have to execute better. Like, you know, if, if it's a got to have it type of if, if we got to get a field goal range and we have to have the field goal, we got to do it. We got to mm-hmm. complete it, whether it's completing the pass or or us blocking well up front and then getting to that second level so we can hit for a first down. So, you know, James Conner can hit for a first down and us getting a field goal range or, you know, blocking long enough up front so where we can actually get the ball off and get a touchdown. Um and those got to have a situations we have to be able to get it, whether it's a field mm-hmm. goal, whether it's a first down, whether it's a touchdown. So it's going to come down to hard work and executing better. Something that, that a lot of us have talked about right. this entire year is execution, almost to the point of exhaustion. Every because week, yeah. it feels like every time some sort of question is, is asked about, hey, you know, something didn't make sense in the game, something went wrong, what do you have to do? Right. Oh, well, we have to execute better. Right. It's not just Cliff who says it, but mainly we talk to Cliff, so we hear it from him. Right. I want to hear from your perspective, right. what does that mean? What What does it mean when you go on the field and right. your coach just told you you need to execute better? Mm-hmm. What goes through Lasita Smith's head? Honestly, I try not to think too much because that's not a good thing personally, just, just for me personally. Um, 
I honestly, I feel like I did a lot of thinking in the 49ers game, which sucked. Um, there were some times we could be running the dubs play. And I remember one time specifically, we were running the dubs play. And me and Billy Price were supposed to be working a um, a dot, which is just a double team, mm-hmm. uh, to the backside linebacker. Um, or I'm sorry, the front side linebacker. And it was supposed to be a deuce block that go with another double team on the backside working <laughs> to the backside linebacker. Yeah, yeah. And I remember taking my steps and Fred Warner hit the A gap, hit my A gap really fast. That's not my linebacker I'm supposed to be working to, but it was a there was a D tackle on the A gap. He slant, he pinched backside and Fred Warner tried to hit tried to hit the A gap okay. and fill his spot. So once I seen the uh once I seen him try to fill, it happened so fast, I'm like, okay, no, I'm gonna take him because in my mind I'm like he's about to penetrate. He's about to hit that A-gap and, and make a tackle for a loss. So I'm like, no. So I snapped off, and J.C. ended up having – James Conner had to end, end up hitting the backside because I didn't get to that front side spot. Mm. So we get to the sideline. That was one of those moments where Kevin Beecham was like, man, like you just have to be in the right place. Like that's not your backer. You know you work in front side. I'm like, yeah, man, but he was about to fill a gap. I know that's Billy's man, but I thought he was about to hit it. It happened so fast. And he was like, no, that's not your job. Other people have to do their job as well. Do your job. He was like, work to the front side spot. That's your job. Just do your job. So I try not to overthink, but things like that, like, you know, that people may not yeah. see on film. I didn't execute very well on that play. Um, and, you know, in moments like this, I'll speak about myself solely. I'm not going to speak on, you know, no one else. But it's it's moments like that where, you know, that was a guy to have it. We were on their goal line trying to come out. And because of that, and had I got to my backer, the safety was like rotated weak or something like that. That could have popped for like 30 yards mm-hmm. and it just keep replaying in my mind. All I had to do is to be in the right spot at the right time. So things like that. And another guy I know that obviously hasn't played a ton this year, but uh, a lot of people have kind of criticized his uh, absence is Rodney Hudson. Right. But he's still been a big part of uh, helping you out this year. Just wanted to get your uh, take on Definitely. just how he's helped you grow. And, and I think just you've mentioned before with me just how much, you know, uh, mentorship he's given you. Right. Uh, Rodney, another great dude, um, because uh, honestly, yeah, he's not on the field as much as he'd like to be, um, of course, or as much as people would like to see him on the field. And uh, trust me, it hurts him. I mean, he, he definitely wants to be out, of, out there with his guys. But at the same time, he's still such a huge asset to the team because of his knowledge. So he knows a lot about the game. He's played this game for a very long time. He can break down defenses like no other. Um, I'm talking about just from standing on the sideline with a headset on, they can call a play. And as soon as we get back to the sideline, he looks at beach like, Hey, y'all are being here, but they got the, the, uh, we need to start hacking this, this run because they're blitzing off the backside. And you know, when the safety in the box, you know, he's coming this, that like, I'm talking about the whole nine. Mm -hmm. So like I said, because of what he knows, because his mental is so strong about the game, he's still such a huge asset to the team. And personally, like, he helps me out so much. After the Niners game, he told me, like, man, your eyes were not good that game. Like, your eyes have to be in the right spot. You have good feet. You have good hands. You can do it. It's all about mental. Be in the right spot at the right time. Your eyes need to be in the right spot at the right time. And you can go out there and play this game at a high level. So he's a guy that just is always helping me. I could can, I talk to Ronnie about almost anything on or off the field. So I'm very grateful for a guy like that, and I'm trying to take uh, advantage yeah. of him while he's here. So you're a rookie, obviously. Right. You know that. A lot of veterans on the team. But at the same time, like this isn't the first week of the season, right? You've had a lot of time to grow, to see yourself play, watch, I'm sure, right. a lot of film. <laughs> yes. Where do you see yourself growing the most, and where do you see yourself growing continuing the rest of the season? All right. Um, I, honestly, I think my com- – 
I know my confidence is growing. Uh, my confidence is growing because I remember the first game of the season, I believe I dressed out and it was versus the Chiefs. And I remember standing on the sideline and just seeing some of the guys that are out there. And it's like, man, I've only ever seen these guys on TV. Like the only time I've seen these guys go at it like this was sitting at home on my couch watching these guys play. Watching Patrick Mahomes is a little bit different. Yeah. <laughs> person. He got right? to scrambling to the sideline. Like, you know, you look down feeling nobody's open. He got to scrambling to the sideline. And it's something he does a million times. You know, he can get the first down with his legs. Yeah. And I've only ever seen him do it on TV. So he did it. He was running to our sideline. And I'm like, oh, my God. Like, I'm actually standing here watching this. This is crazy. That's wild. But um, him, uh, Chris Jones, just different ballers they have on the team. Um... But it, it was surreal to sit there and watch it. But I remember sitting out there like, oh, man, like these guys are actually going at it. So now I'm to a point where you can and – I, and I hope the coaches know and trust that they could throw me in that fire at any, at any point. It does not matter who we're playing. It does not matter who we're going up against. I'm ready. I'll be ready. Uh, well, if I stay ready, you know, I never have to get ready. So I'm, I'm yeah. ready. Um, they could throw me in that fire at any point in time and um, – I'll be ready to go. So, my so confidence. what was that welcome to the NFL moment? Was it sitting on the sideline week one? Did it happen during OTAs or training camp where you're just like, oh, I, I know I got drafted, but I'm here. Like now. Right. Aaron Donald. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. I want to say that's one, but I feel like it happened before. Uh, they're kind of at a tie. I feel like the Aaron Donald thing is definitely one. But also, it happened early on during camp. Um I remember, you know, we put on the pads. Everybody's excited. Everybody's ready to go. And we're doing drills, and the, and the day is going great. And I remember uh, Coach Kugler going, okay, we're going out to the other end of the end zone. It's time for one-on-ones. <laughs> so I'm like, you know, cool. I'm not thinking nothing of it until J.J. Watt lines up as a wide three technique against me. And I'm like, <laughs> this is J.J. Watt. Like, I'm about that to record do— record scratch moment. Yeah, yeah, like, I'm about to do one-on-ones versus J.J. Watt. It was— that was that had to be that welcome to the NFL moment, and it didn't go terrible. But um, yeah, me being a young rookie, of course, he started stepped into a bull and brought the bull rush. <laughs> off I'm the sure rim. he was talking afterwards. Yeah, yeah. What, do you, what, what do you what do you have to say to you after that? Um, honestly, I feel like it wasn't even much said. He just kind of scoffed, like he kind of laughed. Like I'm, like, <laughs> oh, yeah, like, it's almost worse, right? It's almost worse. Yeah, oh, yeah. Man. So I definitely been working on my bull hop. So yeah. <laughs> Have you gotten any like notes, criticism, compliments from people outside of the offensive line room? Obviously, Beach, a mentor, mm-hmm. maybe father-like figure to you. Right. A lot of guys on that O-line have come up to you. But right. outside of that, other people on the team, maybe on defensive side of the ball, have right. they come up to you and been like, hey, good job holding yeah, your own? Yes, there's been a few guys. Um, JJ was one. Told me good job, especially after the Rams game. Uh, Zach Ertz. Um okay. Me and Zach didn't say much beforehand, but after the after and like we barely said anything to each other, so I didn't even know he knew my name. But um, after the Rams game, I remember going into the facility the next day to get a workout in, and he's you know foam rolling in the weight room, and I'm just walking by. He hey Cito, he shakes my hand with the biggest smile on his face. Good job out there yesterday, man. You played your butt off, and I'm like, thank you. Like I, I, like, I didn't know he knew my name. So that was really cool. Um, yeah, there's been a Zach Allen. Um, there's been a few guys that uh that's Max Williams, you know, told me like, Good job, man, you're doing your thing, keep it up. Marcus Golden, he talks to me a good bit and just like, Hey, young boy, like you're gonna be something special. Just keep working, keep doing your thing, you're doing a real good job out there. So I really appreciate those guys. Yeah, Junk seems like he's he's that dude. Yeah, he sure. is. He he's definitely a guy that that 
that puts an effort towards looking out for the young guys, whether it's me, Maje, uh, Marquise, Hayes. He, he, tries, he does his best to look out for us. Yeah, definitely. Five years in the future, where do you see Cito? Five years in the future. Um, I definitely, definitely, definitely want to be a mainstay starter type of guy. I mean, Lord's willing, I'm still in Arizona. Um, I'd love to, I'd love to spend the rest of my career here. Um, but Lord's willing, I'm here, and I want there to be no indecision as far as ah, I wonder who's going to be the starting center this year. I want people to know I'm your guy. You know, I, I want to be that next year, but even and so on and so on and so on. So five years from now, I'd love to still be in Arizona. I want to be that guy. Of course, it's not. I, I understand. That it's not the type of thing where it's like I want I want to start a job. That's it. I could kick my feet up. It, mm-hmm. That is what it is. I know it's not that. It's going to take work day in and day out, especially especially in this league. But um, yeah, I want to be that guy five years from now. So sticking around Arizona, man. Just wanted to get your take on you know Georgia to the desert. Right. What's been the uh, the biggest takeaway so far from that? Just the culture mm-hmm. change and I mean the scenery. Everything's probably different for you, huh? The scenery is definitely different. Um, a lot more greenery out there, a lot more grass and a whole nine. Um, riding along the highway, I'm, I, it was so weird when I first got out here. Riding along the highway, I remember heading to the hotel and, and the, uh, the lift they had pick us up from the, from the airport. Seeing cacti along the highway. <laughs> I'd never seen that before. I'm, before that, I've never seen a cactus in real life. Okay. Never. So it was just so crazy. And then it's like, instead of greenery along the highways and stuff like that, there's a lot of just, Mountain, like you can see the mountains in the distance, and there's a lot of just pebble and sand and desert. Yep. Um, the weather is very different. Uh, what was I'm that to, first time stepping out of a car or off the plane at 118 degrees? I'm gonna have to come up with a strategy for the summers. <laughs> all I'm saying, I'm gonna have to come up with a strategy because it was crazy, especially when my girl, my girlfriend came out here to visit, and we would we'd leave the hotel and head to Target. And yeah. like, say we head to Target, and it could be a fine car ride. As soon as we get out to walk into the store, <laughs> there'd be an argument for no reason over the smallest thing. Like, I may try to hold her hand, and she's like, "No, it's too hot." <laughs> and I'm just like, "What do you mean?" Like, you know, there, there'd be a fight for anything. You know, we couldn't bump shoulders, nothing. It was too hot. Do not touch me. Oh, I know it's that hot. feeling. Yeah, yeah I, so. we're all looking at each other right here. The walk into Target, oh, literally, I, I imagined the same thing happening with me and my fiance. It was 118 yeah. degrees. You get out of the car, you're like, it's a nice car ride, air conditioning, it's a 30-second walk hit to Target. You get into Target, and you're like, I might die. Yeah. Like, I need to sit down. To every- the point where you do a couple more laps in Target because you're in the air conditioning. Yeah. You, you've got to, like, laps in Target you've got to, like, prepare. You've got to prepare for that. Like, I'm going to get hit in the face with this with this heat again. Like, I've got to, I've got to be ready. Every store we walked out of, it felt like we were walking out of a store and into an oven. It was yeah. crazy. Yeah, it's ridiculous, it was, I mean, we're, we're definitely not used to that. I'll tell so. you what. You can come up with a game plan all you want. I've lived here my entire life. It's acceptance. I, I, yeah, it's, oh, acceptance. Oh, it's acceptance, but also the big thing for me is you've, you've got to know where the air conditioning is, and you've got to either have a pool, know somebody who has a pool, and then know somebody else who has a pool so you can rotate. Yeah, so <laughs> I'll be spending a lot of time at uh, Will Hernandez's house. Oh, okay, okay. He's pool got a nice spot. Yeah, yeah, he has a pool. I'll be there. Nice, nice. All right, we talked five years in the future. I want to go about five years back. Mm-hmm. I need you to tell all these Cardinals fans why working at Sonic – Helps you end up here, lining up against Aaron Donald playing the Reds. <laughs> Man, um, whew, um, let me think how I can tie that into each other. 
Um, <laughs> no, but uh, yes, I did work at Sonic in high school. I worked there. If I'm not mistaken, it was two years. I think it was my junior and senior year. And um, I mean, honest. I, I mean, to be honest with you, I was always a humble guy, but it taught me a little bit more about sacrifices because Mm -hmm. during the summertime, even when we, we just finished up summer, I mean, we're in the middle of summer camp and as soon as the day ends, everybody's going home to rest. I would literally get in my car and drive straight to work. I I would, after practice is over, of course, go in the facility, shower up, you know, put on my Sonic uniform in the locker room and guys are making fun of me, of course, because like I said, they're going home. I went straight into work right after summer workouts, right after camp, um, you know, even practices throughout the week during the season. So it taught me about sacrifices. You know, guys go home or they even go to parties or, you know, and whatnot. And I was going to work. I actually almost, I never, I don't think I've ever said this before. <laughs> my senior year, I almost missed my uh, high school prom because of work. Wow. wow. My manager almost did not let me off. I almost missed my prom. And did you, you never skate? You never skated? Never skated. I cannot skate. That would have been bad. Like, the wait time for the food <laughs> would have been crazy because they would have had to make the order like three times. You would have had a viral video of you falling or something. Yes, probably. that would have been bad. So, no. I so, so, I guess, I guess because Dennis Gardeck said he did a lot of uh, fast food stuff coming out and while he was doing football, too. You ever talked mm-hmm. to him about uh, about the uh, the fast food life at all? No, I actually did not know that. Yeah. That's something we could connect on. It's, I it's a, I think it's a was, different type of trenches. I think it was McDonald's. I think he worked at McDonald's. Really? Something like that, yeah. Coming Working up. In, uh, in food service will teach you a lot, not just about work ethic, but like oh, handling yeah. people, dealing with people. Undoubtedly. Uh, undoubtedly. Like there's, and and it's, it was always crazy to me whenever somebody was rude to me or anything like that, because I'm like, I'm nice. Like yeah. I'm being very nice. <laughs> yeah. I came to you with a smile like, hey, hello, here's your order. And yeah, I have some stories like there were people that, oh, I've been out here too long or oh. this and that and, you know, just being rude, but. At the end of the day, I still kept a smile on my face. So I, I we did our research for this, and, and one thing that I came across when I found the Sonic stuff is that you were a tight end in high school. You were yes. a big tight end, but then you said that when you worked at Sonic, it, it was some nonstop beating there, put on a little bit more weight. Did that help you maybe make the transition to O-line when you got to Virginia Tech? Yes, Sadly, and I'm going to tell you why. Not, 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 yeah. It's not sad that I play offensive line, and that's not what I'm saying, but... I have some stories about that too. Cause in, in the bad thing was, so there were, I had about two of my teammates working with me. So okay. my, my boy, Josh Relliford, Kobe Birch, both of those guys was on the football team with me. And they ended up after I was, I was the first one to work there. I'm just put that out there. Okay. And they was like, Hey, hey, you see though, what, what, you know, what's it like at Sonic? Are they hiring? I'm like, yeah. So they both applied. They both end up getting a job there. And my manager, he was like, I didn't think it would be like this. And even just in the business world at all, my manager was so like, I guess janky, so to speak. Like he would leave all the time. <laughs> like, you know, he's supposed to be there on shift, but yeah. he would be like, hey, Cito, watch the store. I'm, I'm get, watch, watch the restaurant. I'm about to run down the street and handle some business. So I'm like, okay, <laughs> cool. As soon as he walk out, I'd look. And I look, so I'll be standing towards the front. As soon as I see his car pull off and go down the road, I look towards the back at my boy Josh, like, Josh, he's gone. Make me a burger. 
And he would throw some stuff. I'm talking about one time he made me like a burger with like three patties, a bunch of bacon, some cheese. Off the menu. Something that wasn't even on the menu. And he just made the hugest burger I ate. And, and that was the thing. He would always charge us if we ate food. So as soon as he left, like McFlurry, I mean, I'm like like the uh, the uh, slushies, milkshakes, the, oh yeah, the, the slushies, slushies, yeah. the whole nine. I mean, we would we would go crazy back there. So yeah. So what was it like when you get to college and you're thinking to yourself, man, I'm gonna be a tight end, mm-hmm. right? And then maybe the plan shifts. They're like, mm, actually, offensive line. Yeah. Um, I'm gonna be honest. It sucked at first. Um. Because in the back of my mind, like I was told by my high school coaches that there was a great chance I'd be moved to offensive line when I got to college. But in the back of my mind, I'm like, no, I can do this even if I have to lose a little weight. So some people don't know that when I first got to Virginia Tech, I knew I was a heavy tight end. So I would, after workouts, I would put on a weighted vest and hit the treadmill. I'm talking about after workouts, guys going to the locker room, I would put on a vest and I would walk the treadmill or even sometimes jog just to lose weight. And that was very stressful at first. Um... It was it was really stressful until they until I was a tight end for about two weeks. Let me just put that out there. <laughs> two weeks, and then they Fall moved camp. me right. So and then they moved me, and then after that, I was like, okay, I guess I get to eat now. So I would go to like the the caf like the cafe on on campus and just go crazy. No Sonic there. No, no Sonic there. Sadly. <laughs> so did that. So I guess did that help kind of accept that you know because obviously you wanted to play tight end, right? So making that move over, obviously you didn't know that it would lead to this right then. Right. But did that help with the acceptance of, hey, I can kind of uh, indulge a little more on the food side? Yes, definitely. I mean, when they told me that was I I was still I was a little bummed because, like I said, I wanted to put I wanted to prove people wrong. But um, I that put a smile on my face. I was like, wait, I get to eat now. Yeah, it's not salads. Yeah, Yeah. it's not just salads anymore. But once you got on the field and you got in the trenches for the first time, I know it wasn't the NFL, but what was going through your mind like? Okay, maybe could I stop eating and go back to tight end? <laughs> Man, um, no, and I'll tell you why. Because I had put on some weight, and then once I got moved to offensive line, I got introduced to knee braces. Mm-hmm. So that just sucked. That always, like, I felt like I was a, I was always an athletic guy. Man, that those knee braces took it down about five notches. Wow. It sucked, man. So, um, with a combination of both of those, I was cool to be on the offensive line, like. Because even when I played tight end for those two weeks, we would do drills where we jog around from like station to station doing ball security drills. Okay. And I'm with the tight end group and I would always be dead last because I was very heavy. So I'd be like jogging to the next drill. I'm like, <laughs> like very tired, like very tired. So, I mean, it made sense for them to switch me over. It it, it, it made sense. So speaking or sticking with the food mm-hmm. out in Arizona now, what's the best meal you've had so far? Give a shout out if you want. Um... <laughs> Yeah, um, I've had a few good spots. Me and my girlfriend are, are foodies. We, we we like some food now. So we definitely get out and about, try to try different restaurants. Uh, we had a team event the other night at uh, a place called Bucanora. Um, there it is. Okay. The owner is a dude named Renee, and he has two spots. One out in Mesa, which I forget the name, but it's, the Bucanora spot is in uh, Phoenix. Okay. Very, very good spot. Very good uh, chicken wings they have on the menu. They have good dessert, and they also have some very, very good steak. I believe I had the ribeye when I was there, and it was crazy. It was it was really, really good. So I definitely recommend that spot. If you're going to take any food advice from me, try that spot out. So what is your favorite food then? If you're a foodie, what's this thing? Yeah, it's what's like, the man, go-to? I can eat this every single day. Mm. 
You know, when you ask a foodie that, that's a hard question to answer because you like. That's why we ask food, the hard questions, right? Here, man. <laughs> so I, I, I like some seafood, but if I'm gonna go with, and I like crab, I, I love some crab legs. But if I'm gonna go with crab legs, they got to be king crab legs. Okay. Like I've been to this restaurant, I've been food once, and I said not again. I went to this restaurant with my girlfriend. It was a seafood spot. Got a pound of crab legs, but it was the little like. Snow crab legs, oh, okay, or something yeah, like yeah, that. yeah, probably, yeah. and they're not big at all. And I'm like, what, what is this? <laughs> so I, I made a, I made an oath to myself. I said, if I'm gonna do crab legs, it's king crab. And if they don't have king crab, I'll go a different Write direction. Write it on the wall, <laughs> so remember yeah. in the morning. Yeah, like I'll just, I'll go with you know something. I'm not gonna deal with these little crab legs. So yeah, and and I mean, staying on that, you guys got a YouTube channel too, right? Yes, we do have a YouTube channel, um, which we have been slacking on, sadly. Um, during the season, I don't have very much time with all the film I have to watch. Oh, yeah. And, you know, I'm spending the majority of my days in the facility. Um, I don't have much time to, you know, do things like that. So, um, but yeah, we do have a YouTube channel. It'll pick back up in the off season. We'll definitely be putting more videos out and good content for you guys to see. So please give us a please give us a like and you know subscribe to our YouTube channel. What's it called? At uh, it, just go to YouTube, type in Heaven and Lasitas. Okay. And um, yeah, it, you it'll pull up the few videos that we have up. Actually, my pre-draft videos on there. So that's there we and go. That was actually yep. one that I was gonna bring up because yep. I I watched it and I want to get in your mind on draft day. Sixth round, obviously, mm-hmm. you make it to the NFL after coming back for your senior year. Right. What's that moment like? Were you expecting to go there? And if you weren't, how do you move on from that? Uh, no, I was not expecting to go in the sixth round. Um, to be very honest with you, I expected to go either third or fourth round. I want to say top three, but, mm-hmm. you know, just to be more broad. But I knew I wasn't a first or second round pick. I knew that. But I at least thought I was going third or fourth round uh, third or fourth round. I thought it was going to be third, mid to late third. And then if not, then I'm like, okay, maybe I'll slide into the fourth. It's all good. But once the rounds just kept going and then uh, day one, I was like, okay, I'll watch it just to pretty much congratulate some guys that I knew and trained with. Okay. Um, day two, I'm like, okay, this is my day. And then it didn't happen. And day three, I'm like, okay, I guess fifth round it is. Fifth round came and went. And then we got to maybe the middle of the six or something like that. And I'm like, oh, my God, I'm not about to get drafted. How could this happen? This is crazy. I'm like, I thought I had a really good career. Mm-hmm. I'm a good person. I've never been in trouble. Um, I have great uh, – I have no character issues, which I know that's a big thing. You checked all the boxes. Yeah, I felt like I checked all the boxes. So um, I didn't know what it was. But, um, yeah, um, I felt – I was very down. My girlfriend had to cheer me up a lot of my family just overall. But um, once I got the call, I wasn't – think about anything else other than the fact that I was very grateful. It's time to work then, right? Exactly. Most definitely. Doesn't matter where you get drafted. There's been tons of people who have been undrafted, really late round picks, and they're and they've been successful, and then there's been high picks that aren't. And one thing that strikes me about you is, you know, I've only known you for a little bit of time now, but I've watched you play this season. It is the work ethic. Mm-hmm. It is the hey, I worked at Sonic right after practice and right. then I go to Virginia Tech, I redshirt my freshman year, I change positions, get in all of that, make go through all of these changes, make your way to the NFL. Mm-hmm. Things don't go the way your plan, the, the way they're planned, you know, okay, maybe not as high around draft pick. You get in, you work, you take advantage of your opportunity. Right. Would you say your work ethic is your biggest strength? Undoubtedly. Um undoubtedly. I mean, like I said, I, I, I'm a I'm a very humble guy, and with that, I feel like I feel like that and the work go hand in hand because I'm not a guy I'm not one to get complacent or anything like that. Um, 
So, yeah, no matter what it is, no matter if I'm a second string or a third string, um, a starter, I'm never going to stop working. I know, especially in this league, you have to continuously outwork the next man. And I remember being told as a rookie when I first got here, uh, Coach Kugler told us, do not get online or even look at the roster and say, okay, so I just got to beat out this and this mm-hmm. guy. That's not the way this league works. Because every single Tuesday when we go on our off day to get a lift in, and you sit in that cafeteria and you look outside those glass windows, there would be – Quite a few guys out there on that field with the owner getting workouts in. So you don't have to only worry about this roster. You have to worry about everybody in the league and not even that because they could just find a guy off the street. And, yeah. and usually when we say that, it's pretty much just a guy that's not with the team yeah. that was at yeah. the house at the time. So that's what I mean when I say that. Um, but, yeah, uh, so the work ethic, I'm, I'm glad I have. I had that ever since I was a young kid, honestly. So Where does it come um, from? Was there somebody that instilled family? that in you? Yeah, honestly, I would like to say my dad, um, Oscar Smith, my my, my dad, um, love him to death. He, uh, I feel like I get it from him. He's a hard worker. Um, you know, he sacrificed a lot. Him and my mom, honestly. Um, you know, so me and my siblings can have a decent life. So I feel like it comes from him. What's that hometown like? Uh, so, um, Fitzgerald, I, right? Yeah, I grew up in Fitzgerald, uh, Georgia. Very, very small town. Um. Don't know the population, but it's small. Okay. Um, we have one high school in the high school. My high school was named Fitzgerald High School. That's how small the town hey, is. Hey, man, I, I'm same same way. One high school, yeah, name of the so, town. <laughs> yeah, um, it's a town that's built around football. So, um, you know, me and my me and my close friend, he's like a brother to me, Jason Poe. He um, actually got picked up by the, 40, by the 49ers. He plays for the Niners. And, okay. um like I said, he's like a brother to me, and we are the two guys to come out, go to school, go to a, uh, both go to school, and actually um, make it into the NFL. I believe we're the first two to ever do it. That's awesome, wow. if I'm not mistaken. I'm um, awesome. from that town, so like I said, the town is built on football. So of course they know us, they know about us, and there's a lot of love and support that comes out of that town because of that. That's like a really cool story. That yeah. two of you were the first to make it to the NFL, and you're like really good friends. Wow. Yes. Did you guys have like a jersey swap or anything for that for that game? So the bad thing is he did not dress out for the oh, Niners game. Gotcha, so okay. he was on the sideline, and I seen him before the game. We, you know, shook each other's hands and just laughed and joked like we always do before the game and everything. Caught up a little bit, and um, he unfortunately he did not dress out, so we couldn't just like swap mm-hmm. it out. And then I took too long talking to him after the game, so he was <laughs> like, "Man, I got to go inside the locker room. Make sure you just tell your equipment staff to, you know, just make sure you sign it and tell them to send it over yeah. to me, and I'll do the same thing." So um, that's what I'm in the process of doing right okay. now. So we couldn't do the swap on the field, unfortunately. How cool is it just being able to talk to him and, and realize, I mean, biggest stage ever? It was really cool. We we sat there and we talked for a minute before beforehand and just, just kind of talked and just – we. it was surreal because I just was like, bro, do you remember in the pre-draft process months ago, not even mm-hmm. a year ago, months ago, just saying that all we need is a chance. Mm-hmm. All we needed was a chance. And we both got a chance and we both made the most of it. So, you know, we was just like, man, you know, like – from a little old town in South Georgia. One last question for you. You got your chance. You're on here. You're on the Cardinals. Going into this last part of the season, obviously we've said it before. Season has not gone the way anybody plans on doing it. Right. How do you get the most out of your last five games on a personal standpoint mm-hmm. and also from a team standpoint? Man, on a personal standpoint, um, I'm going to go in there and just work every single day because honestly, and like I said, I don't mean to sound cliche when I do, when I say that, but it's like 
what else is there to do? Mm-hmm. You know, there is no magical answer or no potion or no, man, if I could just go talk to the coach and tell him I want to play, maybe he'll put me out there. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Everybody wants to play. They know that. So it's like, who's the most prepared that week? And that's the thing about the NFL that I'm noticing. There is no, I mean, yeah, you may make a name for yourself and it may last for a little bit, but you can't just piggyback off a name of one play or what yeah. you used to do. It's week in and week out in this league. Who's the most prepared this week for this team and the opponent the opponent they're about to face? I'm sorry. Um, so, yeah, all I can do is prepare to the best of my ability and go in there and outwork the next man. So And then as far as the team, we're going to go out there and, you know, put our best foot forward and execute the way we should. I got one more for me. Just got to get your take. Who's the biggest dog on the team? Uh, biggest dog on the team. I could definitely name a few. But um, and it may not be anybody. It may not be a name that anybody's expecting. No no disrespect to him. Mm-hmm. But um, I'd have to go with Max Williams. Because he's been through a lot. Um, and, yeah, some people know he had the leg injury, but I don't know if people know in great detail, um, you know, what actually happened. Like, Yeah, Cliff actually I, Cliff actually told us. He told us uh, on Monday that yeah. uh, he had a, a dead nerve. So he it's a chore for him to even lift his leg up. And he's still out there playing NFL football. Exactly. So, like I said, I can name a lot of, a lot of dogs. You know, J.J., Dennis Gardeck, the whole nine. Yeah. You know, but when I think about that guy, I mean, of course, I've heard stories because I wasn't here last year when it happened, but I mm-hmm. heard stories because, yeah, Cliff is right. Like, if you ever see him walk and he doesn't have his brace on, when he lifts his legs up, he just has drop foot. And I never heard about that. I knew it was a thing before him. But, yeah, when we pick up our feet and we walk, we can control our feet. When yeah. he lifts his leg up, he has to lift it higher than normal and kind of, like, you know, place his yeah. foot back on the ground. Like, he is kind of like that. So it's it's very different, and I never see nobody battle through anything like that and still go, Okay, I held up. I think I want to go back to playing football. You know, like I've never that that. And he's a new dad too. Yeah, yeah, that's some crazy toughness right there to me. So I definitely have to vote that guy. And I mean, we can't go in the dog conversation without mentioning Buddha Baker. I mean, definitely. playing through a high ankle yep. sprain. I was telling yes. Tyler after that game, I've torn ligaments in both my ankles. I've yeah. rolled my ankle. I Ugh. have no idea how he's doing it. Yeah, that was that was crazy to me as well because. Yeah, he messed up his ankle pretty bad. I remember seeing him walk off the field, and he was hurt, and, you know, physically and mentally, because he's like, dang, he really wanted to be out there. Mm-hmm. And there was a lot of talk about him maybe not even playing that that, that next game. And um, not only did he play, but he played really, really well. He had a pick, I think. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he did have a pick. And the thing is, you wouldn't have known, like, had you not known that he uh, sprung his ankle the week before, you wouldn't have known by seeing him play. There was no limping, no nothing. I don't know how he did it, you know, but, you know, I definitely applaud him. He's definitely a dog as well. Cito, you have been an absolute pleasure. I feel like we could talk to you for like four hours. Easily. And it would all be good content, but we're we're about 50 (laughs) minutes in now. I don't know if you realize how long. That's a really long podcast. You did amazing. Floor is yours. I know that you're on the YouTube. I know that you got some social stuff you want to promote. Obviously, it's in season now, but once we get to the end of the season... Where can people find yeah. you? Okay, so like I said, the YouTube channel, uh, type in Heaven and Lasitas on YouTube. We have a collab YouTube channel. Um, please like and subscribe uh, to our YouTube channel. Um, also, we... So I'm not big on TikTok, but my girlfriend is. You can type in Heaven Swenson on TikTok, please. Uh, like her videos and okay. uh, follow her as well because we actually collab a whole lot on her as well. So if you want to... Something like that. She's still trying to convince me on that part. So if you guys want to find me in the offseason, YouTube or TikTok, um, definitely follow her on TikTok. Like I said, we collab a whole lot on there. It's pretty much a joint thing. You'll see me a lot on there. And last but not least, 
Follow your boy uh, on Instagram. It is Cito underscore 54. And yeah, so follow me on Instagram as well. We got you. And you can follow Tyler Drake, Arizona Sports Cardinals reporter for Winless. He just goes in the game <laughs> and plays against Aaron Donald. This guy right here is going to let you know if you're not watching at T Drake for sports. You can follow the show at AZ Cards Corner. You can follow myself at Eric Ruby. We'll be back when the Cardinals play their next game. I don't think Lasitas will be joining us, but we will be back. Oh, that'd be a tough everything one. Everything down. <laughs> <laughs> you know, maybe one day, right? No, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. But until then, until the Cardinals play again, until maybe we talk to Lasitas again, everybody, please enjoy football.